this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of the Beatitudes, part three. Blessed are those who mourn. This is part two, a continuation of last week's subject on those who mourn. This conversation was originally recorded in July of 2022. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, we, we began a study of the Beatitudes uh, for you that have been away. And uh, last week, we, we began a conversation around the second of the Beatitudes, which is blessed are those who mourn. And uh, as I began to put it together, it went in a couple of different directions. And so uh, I'm, I intended to do it in two parts. And so last week, we did the first part. And uh, I would encourage you to go, if you hadn't seen it, uh, maybe check that out. And today we'll do the other part. And when I'm mourning, I'm not happy. And when I'm mourning, I'm not satisfied. And when I'm happy, when I'm mourning, I'm sure it's, it's a part of being fully alive, but it's, it's not the good part of being fully alive. And, uh, and I think there's something in that to teach us that, that pain and suffering are normal parts of life, and that the more we face them, the more healthful, healthy human beings we are and the more fully alive we become. So I don't know what compelled me to do this, but, uh, but I put a PowerPoint together, uh, just of the information of this, and I'm going to share it with you. Grief accompanies it. And so I'm learning so when I was young, I tried to avoid grief and mourning uh, because it was too painful and I didn't want to experience it. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to learn to maybe not embrace my grief or welcome my grief, but, but to acknowledge my grief and experience my grief because it's in the experiencing of grief and mourning that I, that I find myself more fully alive than when I try to suppress it <clears throat> or when I try to numb it. I think often we numb our pain uh, and we don't want to experience it. And, as, and, and then ultimately, the pain that we don't experience and grieve leaks out of our lives somewhere. And mostly when it leaks out, it le leaks out in ugly ways that that we aren't uh that we don't like and so all grief and all loss needs to be mourned i think this is a really important principle in faith walking and in our faith walking journeys uh with without uh betraying any confidence uh i i was coaching a a, a person yesterday and we were we were talking about 
clearly identifying this person's vow and then replacing that vow with uh, a positive declaration at the end of module one. And the person just acknowledged that there was some comfort in the vow because they had had the vow their entire life and, and that there was some angst around giving that up. And, and so part of what we do in faith walking, I think, is help people grieve their loss. Uh, maybe, maybe help people grieve the loss of their childhood uh, experience or the trauma that they experience. But all loss, all grief needs to be mourned. And when we mourn, that mourning leads to comfort. That somehow God is present when we grieve and God is present in our mourning. Uh, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I don't know which Bruce this is, <laughs> but but I, I found this quote, there can be no comfort where there is no grief. And, uh, and so we, we can't experience the comfort of God until we grieve, I think is the implication there. So what are the kinds of things that we mourn? We, we mourn our own losses, whatever those are. Uh, and the, the older I get, the more it seems like I have, to, I have losses to mourn. And, and there are more and more things that I'm mourning. We mourn our mistakes, uh, those, those things that we do that we say are regrets. And, and we mourn evil and oppression in the world. Uh, I love the way the, the voice translation uh, writes it. Blessed are those who long for how things are supposed to be. And, and I really love that. Blessed are those who, who grieve longing for wholeness to be restored and established uh, because wholeness I'm convinced is the way things are supposed to be. So how then do we mourn and how do we help people mourn? Because I think one of the greatest missional activities we can engage in is coming alongside other people and helping them to both identify their losses and to grieve their losses and to mourn with them so that the comforting work of God can be present for them. And I think that starts by just naming the loss. I've lost my ability to do this. I've lost uh, this person in my life. Uh, I've lost whatever it might be, uh, just just to name it and and to name uh, and to name what that might be, and and to list a variety of losses. I, I, we can talk about that in a bit. Uh, I, I think it's important as we grieve to feel the sadness, to to allow ourselves to feel the pain of loss. Uh, to refuse to avoid it, to, to refuse to distance from it, or to refuse to just numb it by whatever means we normally numb things, but, but to genuinely feel and allow ourselves to feel the sadness. And in my own experience, I've found that that grieving comes in waves. 
that it, it, it doesn't just come once and, oh, I feel the sadness and now I'm done with it, but that, it, that it, it's repetitive and it comes and then it subsides and then it comes again and then it subsides and then it comes again. And every time to allow myself to feel the sadness, I think that's a way we grieve. I think a way we grieve is to cry out to God. Uh, the word lament in scripture means that. Uh, our sorrow forces us to look for the heart and hand of God, uh, to cry out to God, and sometimes even to be angry at God that our loss happened. I think it's important for us in grieving to tell our story and for our story to be heard. And I think that's an important way of helping others grieve is to invite them to tell their story. Tell, tell me about your loss. So they identify the loss and they, and they tell the story of their loss. And in that, they experience the sadness of their loss. And, and those are ways we grieve. And, uh, and I think that's a, a really big, important one. One of the things I find and that I teach in pastoral care because I teach pastoral care and I teach uh, this kind of thing. How do we, how do we uh, minister to the grieving is often when, when someone is experiencing loss around us, it makes us anxious. And we do one of two things. It makes us anxious and then we distance because we don't want to have to feel the pain and discomfort of, of the other person's grief. Or what I find most often, especially among Christian people, is we show up and we talk too much. Out of our anxiety, we, we want to give people a nice, beautiful verse of scripture, or we want to use some platitude that's not very meaningful and, in fact, maybe makes us angry. Uh, and somehow it soothes our anxiety to say it. And I want to invite us, if we really want to help people to grieve, is to manage our own anxiety to, to the degree that we don't have to talk. And we don't have to say anything and we don't have to tell them, uh, uh, explain it away and explain God away uh, as we listen to their story. Uh, this one is a new one for me that I, I picked up on as I did a little research. And that is it, it's helpful to help people grieve by identifying and talking about what's different now. So think about that in terms of, of, of the loss of a, of a person, but also the loss of other things. Uh, uh, hitting retirement is loss. And things are really different. Uh, my wife got laid off from her job during COVID, and, uh, and we, we eventually just ended up, uh, and she retired. And life is different now. For her, for me, for us, uh, in a variety of ways. And just identifying what that is helps people grieve the loss. I think it's important to be gentle with yourself and with others and to be patient with yourself and with others uh, in, in, in the grief process. Uh, we don't beat ourselves up because we can't seem to get over it fast enough. You know, we're, we're all in a hurry to get well, physically and emotionally. And so we give ourselves room and grace. Uh, and we do that with others. If we, if we walk alongside of others who are grieving, we are gentle with them. 
And then we allow ourselves to be comforted, comforted by God and by others. Yeah. What, how do we find God in the midst of our pain and in the midst of our suffering? So the beatitude is happy, satisfied, and fully alive are those who experience loss and who grieve their losses. Those who refuse to distance from or hide from pain and grief. Also, those who lament injustice in the world and long for how things are supposed to be. For those will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. So any of that stir up anything for you today? And if so, what? Kim, as you were talking, I, I wanted to share because I'm in a, I think we're in similar lines of work, you know, counseling people. But what I've learned is I had to, that's my job now, but I had to be kind of taught how to empathize, right? Like that wasn't, it didn't come naturally or, you know, to, you know what I mean? And I don't know if you've experienced that too, but yeah. Okay. All right. She's trying to say something. Um, but yeah, anyway, I had to be, yeah. that wasn't a natural thing for me. I had to learn how to do that. Yeah, good. I, you know, I've been in ministry my entire adult life, Leslie. And so if I had to learn it, I learned it so long ago, I forgot when I learned it. Uh, but, but you're exactly right. Empathy and compassion are vital parts of it. And, and for me, grieving with someone is, is just sitting and I mean, I'm, a, I'm a volunteer at a hospice house yeah. so I have sat with people as they die and sat with family members as their loved ones are dying and um, I would not have known this but I love that at the house they allow people to manifest their grief in, a, in, in physical ways but hmm. without words like they we light a candle or there's um, there's a flower they can plant, but some kind of expression or acknowledgement of the passing of that person um, often, more often than not, seems to be um, a helpful expression. Uh, Flesh that out a little more for me. I'm not getting it completely. Well, somebody's dead they're dead and the body gets taken away in this sure. case in the hospice case um and some people do funerals and some people don't but um to do nothing i am observing more and more often that there's there's not any sense of not just closure but um a circle of life wholeness even if you will yeah. to do something physical in response gotcha. to their grieving seems gotcha. to be um, an important component in the grieving process. Yeah. Whether okay. that's as simple as lighting a candle um, or participating in the funeral, the, the, out, the, the end result, um, right. there has to be some kind, there seem, often seems to be the need for some kind of expression of the grief and the mourning. Right, right, yeah. And again, that can look very different. Yeah. Is that more clear, a little bit? Yes, no, I get it now, thank you. Good. One of the things I think that is in line with that, Tammy, uh, that, that I've just recently begun to do 
is rather than rather than give flowers, I plant a tree in honor of the one uh, who's passed, and just as a remembrance, and 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 it's an important piece of grieving for me. I'm I'm really thinking about um, the idea of like thinking out what's different now in the grieving process, and I'm thinking about it not just from a, I mean from a different perspective, maybe not what's like lost because of you know, think like someone in your life is, is no longer with you, but also from a from a perspective of what would have been like if if that would have happened, right? So you know maybe there's loss like a miscarriage or a loss from like, I don't know, a, a job that you really wanted that you didn't get or something like that. And I'm just like, so I, I'm wondering how you can kind of, or just think about adding kind of that, that future loss, like mm -hmm. maybe what you really, that hope you have, I mean, hope mm -hmm. in a different way, like sure. as you kind of dreamt for what could be. Um, sure. Anyway, sure. I was, that's what I, yeah. I, but I really like that as a, uh, as another sort of, I guess, question to sort of, ask someone or help make sure someone's thinking about and or just acknowledge that not just that something's missing and grieving but like there's also something that was yeah that, right. that maybe could have been never was or something like that yeah that I, I, I like really that Courtney um what it stirs in me is that probably the deepest grief I've I've ever experienced was when I didn't get a job that I wanted. And that's only happened once. Um, well, there's a bigger story there. It's only happened once, but it, yeah, I'm, anyway, I'm shut up. Sometime I'll tell y'all that story because the job was faith walking. I wanted to work for faith walking. I was about to say, <laughs> um, so, I guess it was last year during COVID when I got some diagnosis, the grieving of not having the ability to work in the fields that I'd hoped for, mm -hmm. I tried and studied so hard for attaining licenses to do the job for, I don't, I think I'm still grieving that because it's like, I can't, I, I physically can't go do these jobs. And yeah. It's like a, a lot of money lost, a lot of time invested, lost. Sure, sure. And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Thank you, Brenda. One of the things that uh, in, in our whole faith walking journey that it is, has been really important for me, uh, and I didn't, I didn't even know that I should even think about this, but but it was learning that that there was loss in my my first formation, and that uh, just learning that it was okay to grieve the loss and trauma that I experienced in my first formation, and that it it didn't make my parents horrible. It just it just and and then processing that and grieving that and. I think as we come alongside other people, that's that's one of the greatest things we can help them identify and talk about if they're, if, you know, if they if they've done any work at all and have the awareness to think about and just grieve the loss that occurred uh, in, in that time. For me, that 
that was really an important uh, part of my own. Yeah, I'm still, I would say that I'm still processing what you, yeah, you're talking about yeah, first formation and childhood and families, the uh, dynamics. Yeah. I've done a lot of processing, but it's not quite all the way done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're processing. Yeah. And who knows when it gets done? You know, I mean, there, there's no uh, chapter mark at the end. This is, oh, okay, you're done. And now you get to move on to the next thing. Um, yeah, who knows? I think it, there's something significant about the fact that Jesus included this in the Beatitudes. So, so I think the Beatitudes are kind of like guiding principles. This is the way my follower, followers behave. And, and number two, right at crack out of the box is blessed are those who mourn. I, I'm, I'm learning to grieve more my own losses, and I'm also learning to lament more um, the things that go on in the world, the injustice and the oppression, and, and, the, uh, and, and just to lament how far from the design of God it's like we are. Um, yeah. Ken, that is one of the things that I grieve frequently. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. But yet the, 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 the conflicting idea of God is making all things new. Mm -hmm. So in this mess, that just seems to be spiraling downward. He is making things new. Yeah. I try to make sense of that because I, I want to make sense of it. I want to understand it. It's kind of the way I, my head works. And I can't. I can't. <laughs> There's just too, it's yeah. too far. You know, it's the already and the not yet. He is making new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, at times I, I, I just sit and I say, forgive us. Mm -hmm. Forgive us. Yeah. Have mercy on us. Yeah. And, and in the midst of all of that, Jerry, the thing that gets stirred up in me is, I do believe God's making all things new. Yeah. And so I have hope. I don't lose hope. Uh, yeah, it is an ugly mess and it looks like it's going down the drain. Uh, but somehow my faith says, but I believe God is making all things new. I believe God is working to restore wholeness and somehow all this mess is in is in the process of God making things new, and so I have hope. Um, that may be really simplistic. I don't know, but but I do because I believe that. It's been really helpful having a coach, or it could be a therapist, or whoever who uh, is really attuned to you and notices when you start to get a little emotional, and then steps in and says, "Hey, tell me what's going on there." And then you discover grief 
that way because going about daily life is I'm just not likely to sit and you know let me just let me just meditate on what I might be grieving over you know feeling lost for but having someone to talk to um has been really helpful in grieving like the chronic like long-term losses that aren't super tangible that aren't like okay somebody you know lost somebody that's I feel like most of my grief has been around things like just life not being turning out the way you know I had hoped or you know or not having you know children or you know those kinds of things and having someone to talk to I I don't know about you guys I cry a lot more easily even in the even just talking just seeing you guys like I I never cry by myself but if somebody asks me a question then I'll just be like what (laughs) but um having a coach who always notices those little changes in me and my face has just been really has really opened the door for me to 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 start grieving some losses I didn't even know I needed to grieve so that's been a real blessing yeah yeah I wasn't liking the subject very much I was trying not to talk I knew I was about to blubber it is it's hard I mean I, I know that I've been grieving this work thing for a long time but it's uh, not knowing God's plan, you know, where and, and having to take whatever the situation it is and work my best, you know, through it and with it and accept it, you know, but I've, I've done that whole, you know, argument with God. I've done the whole conversation, you know, it's just disappointing. Mm-hmm. But the trust thing, the trust thing. Like I was saying last week, you know, I've been stuck in Hebrews, but I, that just keeps coming back and forth. You know, every time I start feeling that, that negative vibe within myself, it's okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I have to trust you. Good. Listening to this has also made me think about the ABCs of safe community that you did, Ken, that mm-hmm. uh, obviously being safe community is being a safe person and almost, I mean, I've pulled them up and like most of them apply really well to being with someone in their grief. Mm. So it might be worth um, digging those out. Mm-hmm. Good. Amy, I saw you unmute. Well, I was going back to the, an earlier idea. I was just, I'm so grateful that, I'm so grateful for this message. I'm grateful that Jesus through faith walking gives us permission to feel all the feels to be fully human and I think that the Christian community large swaths of the Christian community have not um have not allowed that not given that freedom the prosperity gospel people it's all positive yippee stuff and even in the charismatic Pentecostal sectors where anything negative or dark has to be cast out and spirit of heaviness and all that razzmatazz um, doesn't allow safe neither of those camps allow safe places and even when I was at Baylor Ken as a brand new Christian you had you it was not allowed even in mainstream um, sectors of our faith um, Mm -hmm. we're not we're not allowed and yet Mm -hmm. it's it obviously is scriptural and it's Jesus and he mourned. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say by and large, we're not a culture here in America anyway, that maybe it's a Western thing. We're not a culture that grieves um, or, I mean, we do it privately, but it's not encouraged to do it with another person or even name our emotions or anything like that. We just don't do that. Yeah. I think that's pretty global. Asia doesn't, Asian cultures don't, and honor cultures don't but it denies our humanity. Yeah, it does. And, and in some ways, it, because we're so afraid to grieve, it seems like we run on, we, we run past when we lose someone and we don't honor them well enough either and their life because, oh, oh, okay, let's get done with the funeral and let's, you know, okay, we had the deal and all the family came and now, oh, now it's just back to life and back to normal. Uh, yeah, I I, I want to say before we're done today that there are biblical commentators who believe that this verse is talking about those who mourn over their own sin that leads them to salvation, and uh, and and so that could be included in this. I don't think it's really the primary focus, though, personally. Uh, because why didn't he say it that way if that's the way it's supposed to be? He just says, blessed are those who mourn. Um, so anyway, thank you all for your presence and for your conversation. And is there anything else we need to say before we wrap this up today? I'll just say, I, I was going to chime in because I feel like I should and uh, just say thanks, Angela, for saying what you said because um, probably have similar, similar griefs um, that I really don't like acknowledging. So. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Thank, thank you both. In a similar vein, but not, near, not, not the exact same thing. One of the things I'm grieving right now is that I will never have grandchildren. Hmm. That sounds like a really simple thing, but it's a really big thing. Uh, yeah, and it's just, and I'm, and I'm grieving it. So, so yeah, I get it, Courtney. Thank you. Jerry. So a couple of years ago, I read this book. It's called The Good and Beautiful God by uh, James Bryan Smith. It's a series. He has a series of three books. And in that book, he makes the statement that the kingdom of God is not in trouble. Hmm. And I, <laughs> yeah, and I think to myself, that's right. It's not, it's not in trouble. Hmm. And we belong to that kingdom. Therefore, we are not in trouble. Sometimes it feels like we're in trouble. It yeah. looks like we're in trouble. It smells like we're in trouble. It sounds like we're in trouble, hmm. but we're not in trouble. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not in trouble. Yeah, that's really good, Jerry. Thank you for sharing that. I wrote that down on my pad today. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. All right, troops. I'll see y'all next week.
For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.